30 seconds, reality as you know it will cease to exist. In its place, you will find a new dimension, identical to the one you left behind, only slightly better. Take a deep breath and open your mind to the magic within you. This is no ordinary podcast. This podcast is with Richard Hello, dear listeners and ritual participants. Welcome to This Podcast is a Ritual. Today we have the most tremendously, extraordinarily, supremely special episode I could ever dream of. And I'm so excited that it's happening. And I'm so excited that you're listening. And we are in tune to this frequency together. Much like the rest of you, I have been in quarantine for the last weeks and been doing quarantine transmissions, talking to myself metaphorically and literally, and I've gotten tired of the sound of my own voice. I really miss having another human to dialogue with in this podcast, and so the next best thing to sitting down for an interview, and maybe even a better thing on its own, we'll see, I'm excited, is we've opened up the Wizard Hotline. I've been promoting the phone number for the Wizard Hotline for a few weeks, and we finally got a call, and then as soon as that first call came in, more came in, and so I've got a bunch of awesome questions that people wanted to ask a wizard, and I just am so excited to have heard from all of you, to create these connections, and to give some magical answers. So without further ado, because we don't have a sweet uh, wizard hotline jingle yet, but I definitely want one in the future, so if anyone wants to send me a wizard hotline jingle, heck yeah, please do that. But for right now, let's just hear the sound of that bell and dive into our first question. Hi, Mr. Wizard. My name is Rosie Roseman. And I've got an evil spirit inside me, and I don't know what to do about it. That's uh, a colorful way of saying that I have an ACE score of five and PTSD and childhood trauma and a whole lot of rage. And I don't know what to do with it. I don't... I can't live in regular society anymore. I've um, been job hopping, doing seasonal work for couple of years now, but with the pandemic, I had to move home. And, you know, regular society is hard enough, but you certainly can't heal in a place that made you sick. So uh, I left because I couldn't live there anymore. And now I'm in the mountains of North Georgia, camping out, hiding from the feds because I'm not supposed to be camping out. Um, it's illegal. I'm supposed to be sheltering in place, but I can't do that. So, I'm going to keep doing what I can, which is staying alive, traveling, and trying to heal. Um, 
in your last podcast, you talked about ISS, and that's something that I'm really interested in, but have a deep and visceral distrust of the mental health industrial complex and thought that a little magic might be something that I need, but it's been... It's been more than a decade since I dabbled in magic. I'm only 24, so I don't really know. I don't really know how to get started or what to do. Um, I'm at that wonderful and terrible place where I can't keep doing what I've been doing, but I don't know what else to do. But I gotta figure it out. But I don't know how. Um, yeah, we're, um, any words of advice or, or, um, well, I don't really know what I'm asking for. If I did, then I would just ask for it and maybe I'd just, just do it myself. But, um, kind of lost out here and, well, at least you, you've got some experience. I, I, um, Before I get to answering anything, I just want to say, Rosie, thank you so much for calling in. You were the first person to call and leave a voicemail on the Wizard Hotline, and I'm sure like many of the listeners out there, I was just so moved and touched when I heard your message. My my heart goes out to you tremendously for everything you're dealing with, and I wanted to just take a quick moment before we dive into the actual answer to just talk about magic because one of the ways that I really try and promote magic and not define it, but um, articulate it is magic is how we change reality. And we change reality in so many ways and reality is constantly changing around us that it's often easy to overlook what a huge impact a small thing can have. A small gesture, a small action can just ripple out in incredible ways. And I want to salute you for having the courage to call and leave that message to reach out to a wizard that you'd found through the internet because um, now I'm here. You've changed my reality. I'm answering this question. And everyone who's listening, you have changed their reality as more. And hopefully we can help change your reality, which we'll get to in a moment. Um, But for all the listeners out there, I would like to clarify that I did call Rosie personally yesterday and we had a a, a very nice chat, um, just one-on-one. Rosie uses he, him pronouns. And uh, Rosie is currently not staying at home and is traveling, which is uh, hard during normal times, uh, whatever that means, and is extremely hard during pandemic times. And so Rosie is looking for a place to land where uh, people might be more understanding and more humane and want to work together to make the world a better place, which is um, a beautiful sentiment. And I'm really, really rooting for you in your journey, Rosie, and let's see what we can do to help with a little magic. So first things first with your question, um, Another way to think about magic is as DIY psychology. Uh, it's a tool, it's a framework, it's a, it's a technique, it's a practice for talking with the parts of ourselves 
that are a little bit more rough and tumble. We can call them demons. We can call them evil spirits. Uh, but there's parts of ourselves that are often hard to deal with. And it sounds like you've got some that are very loud and very difficult. And so I think magic does offer some tools for that. But just the same way that, you know, DIY medical care will only get you so far. It's really hard to treat yourself and heal yourself when you are the one who is injured. You are the one who is wounded. And so it's a lot like the classic conundrum of pulling yourself up by the bootstraps. And it's it's hard. We were social creatures. It, we need other people to lean on. And it's hard when you are injured and alone in the world or feeling that way to find people that you can talk to. And as much as we always say, you know, if you're struggling, talk to a therapist. It's hard to find a good therapist. That's that's its own journey. And it doesn't mean give up and therapy's evil, but it just means that it's hard. And so I think magic in this situation is about, one, doing the small things that you can do. You've called this podcast, and that's amazing. I'm so glad that you've made this connection and we've had a chance to talk. And that's a small thing that is going to ripple out and have bigger effects. And the same way that taking a moment to breathe with yourself and just do a calming exercise in the morning. You know, those small things can have an impact that ripples throughout the day and it's not going to make all the problems melt away, um, but it will make things slightly better. And finding those little techniques and tactics that each of us has available to us, because alongside those demons and troublesome meddlesome spirits, we have powerful angels or our higher self or whatever you want to call it we have resources that we can activate that will help us through these uh, difficult times and so finding a way to do something small that can shift you in that right direction is very powerful and then the other side of magic where it gets a little bit more quote-unquote woo-woo is the way that we put our faith and something that is beyond us, that we're not trying to just do it ourselves, that we're not trying to just be the master of willpower who is going to do psychic surgery and cure ourselves of all anxieties and neuroses, because that's honestly a fantasy. And a lot of what makes human beings powerful and what makes some of the best parts of our humanness come to the front is when we can believe in something that extends beyond our limited self and gets out into that wider world of forces that we might not understand or just the power of other people and the way that human beings can come together and take care of each other and help each other. So when Rosie and I talked one-on-one, uh, -on -one, we talked about the practice of lighting a candle. Rosie is out in the woods and uh, dealing with a lot right now. And so we talked about lighting a candle to just watch that flame and to just carry that spark, that small flame of hope with him as he goes through this um, difficult period, this, this period of great uncertainty that I think is even more extreme than those of us who are inside watching Netflix and complaining on Facebook about memes not being funny enough or whatever. But so Rosie and I talked about lighting a candle and just sitting with that to have even when everything feels dark all around, 
that one little spot of light, that one little brightness to bring into the day and to know that at some point Rosie will be able to share that candle flame with others and that flame can spread and that hope can grow and become part of a community. And the other thing we talked about is that Rosie is absolutely open to hearing from other people. And I'm talking to you listeners right now. Um, so if you would like to activate your own magical power and take the leap of faith that Rosie did by calling into the wizard hotline, please reach out. This is somebody who is alone right now and is struggling and could use a helpful voice. And so you now have the power, you have the magical power to dial a phone or to write an email and to transform somebody else's day. And I encourage you to do so. And Rosie said it would be absolutely welcome for anyone that wants to call or write um, just a message of solidarity, just to listen, just to talk. Um, you know, when you're living out in the woods and you're hiding from the feds, that means a lot. So I encourage all of you, you can do this in one or two ways. If you want to just do the metaphysical symbolic thing, light a candle and think about Rosie out there in the woods and send your hope. And I know that we're all lighting these candles together. And that means something that, you know, is a gesture, but it's also substantial. But then put your Put your mouth where your mouth is. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but um, take an action. Take you, You're sitting around. You've got nothing better to do. We're all in quarantine. Take a moment to reach out to Rosie and create this connection. Maybe you'll make a friend. Maybe this will transform your life as well. I think this is really, truly what the podcast is all about. So Rosie's number is 678-431-2222. Once again, that's 678-431-2222 or Rosie, R-O-S-Y dot Roseman, R-O-S-E-M-A-N at gmail.com. So Rosie with a Y dot Roseman at gmail.com or 678-431-2222. If you're listening to this, go for it. What's holding you back? If you believe in the magic of this podcast, I think this is really just the most concrete way we've ever had to come together as a community and say, this is not just passive content consumption. This is not just another thing to play while I drive to work and drive home, but this is a community. This is a magical ritual that we are taking part of and let's connect, let's support each other. And so reach out to Rosie, reach out to Rosie, your call, your email will be welcome light a candle, give other people in your community as well that that flame to look for in the dark. And if anyone is in the Georgia area or thereabouts and is um, part of a community that would be able to welcome Rosie, 100% reach out. Rosie is a hard worker and is looking for a place where he can do some hard work and keep his head down and get through this and contribute to something um, beyond. So if you need someone to help you build a community garden, reach out to Rosie. Thank you again, Rosie. I appreciate you so much for calling. I know that everyone that's listening is going to say this with me. So this is our magic word for today. On the count of three, say it with me. One, two, three. I believe in you. Your magic is real. Yes. Hello, wizard. This is Heather from Minnesota. I have three questions. The first is about the stigma 
of labels, wizard, witches, warlock, and how the connotations uh, always go back to the duality of good versus evil. The second question is about exactly that, the duality uh, versus the reality of good, bad, and the evil parts. Um, how many uh, try to stay balanced, and really, in my opinion, it should be the being centered so that a person can see all that comes at you from all directions. Anyway, uh, I find that uh, the negativity about labeling and uh, to be difficult to overcome any obstacles uh, as far as what the mainstream considers on these topics. My third question was just directed towards you, and as far as your, your use of magic, uh, are there any particular uh, practices? Uh, to name a few, there's chaos, Wiccan, Earth energy, zero point. Do you gravitate to any particular magical practices? Or um, I'd like to hear what you have to say on the topic. Good luck and have a great day. Well, hello, Heather. You have asked a couple of questions, and you got one of my favorites, which is, what the heck is the difference between wizards, witches, and warlocks? Well, I'll start with warlocks, and I know that the historical etymology is that it means oathbreaker, and then it became male witch, but uh, we could just deal with this and say, the term warlock is kind of lame. I think it's like a Christopher Walken movie from the 90s. Like, I don't give a fuck about warlocks. It has like really pretentious, hot topic, like trying hard to be spooky vibes. And um, do we really need to gender which? Is that really uh, so important that there's a, a warlock door and a witch door and they have little different symbols on them? Fuck that shit. Um, if there's anyone out there that resonates super hard with the term warlock, kudos to you and your friends that are hanging out at Denny's at four in the morning. Um, but in general, I just don't give a fuck about warlock personally. That's my own take. Um, I don't think that witches cannot be men. I think that's stupid. And I also don't think that a witch is a female wizard and vice versa. I think that a witch is a very specific image that has a deep cultural legacy of um, persecution. It has a strong connection with femininity, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's only available to one gender or another. Um, and the witch just has a different vibe. If you close your eyes and you think of an archetypal witch, um, they're out there in the woods brewing, uh, brewing cauldrons and gathering herbs and paying attention to the moon, which are all good things to do. But I think in, in terms of the difference between witch and wizard, um, wizardry to me is a lot more about the idea of meta. It's a lot more about looking at systems and games and processes and pulling out to a layer removed to see what exactly is going on. And the example that I love to give of a non-gendered uh wizard because there is very strong the archetypal image of people that look like me that are you know long white beard pointed cap but mary poppins i totally believe that mary poppins is a wizard because she shows up to the house and the dad is like no way and then she immediately uses language to 
trick him into thinking that hiring her is his idea. So that's um, what Terry Pratchett would call, the witches in Terry Pratchett would call headology. It's mind games. And then she sings a song to the children about how if you make a game out of something, chores become fun. That's total wizardry. That's changing your perspective. That's doing something small to shift your own reality. And then the rest of Mary Poppins exactly goes along like that. She is a magical, helpful figure. She guides the children on their way. Once the children and the family have reached the point of growth they needed to, she flies away on her magic umbrella. And so I think wizardry is very much embodied in all of those things. Um, the idea of word games and language and meta structures and playfulness and humor, which witches can have a bunch of that too, but um, they're just, you know, it's like, what's the difference between um, metal and ska? Like they're just different genres and there's plenty of overlap. <laughs> God, metal ska. I guess there's probably metal ska out there. Um we're going to have a Metal Ska Wizard Hotline theme song, everyone. Look forward to that. But yeah, I think it's just really what resonates with you. Their words are just um, ways, they're magical words to generate an image in your own mind and help you sort different sensory stimuli into different categories. So um, as much as I talk shit on warlocks, that's fine. But um, witches are great. Wizards are great. And uh, we need both of them. So now that brings us to good versus evil, where I am going to have a, a strong opinion and agree with you. Yes, go towards the center, which doesn't mean try and be <laughs> somewhere in between good and evil and just be like mildly shitty. I don't know. But um, I think it's so hard to actually truly make things black and white in this world. Everything is shades of gray. And there are so many things that are done in the name of good that produce unspeakable evil. And even unspeakable evil, when you look at the person that's perpetrating it, they are the victim of some form of abuse that has led to them having a warped view of the world. And maybe they're just trying to be a shit for no other reason, but often they're doing what their version of a good is. And I think when you cast that out and you realize that it's nothing but an infinite spread of shades of gray, um, you're able to actually see what's going on instead of blinding yourself and looking at uh, a simplified version of the world as you want it to be. Now, finally, a question I get asked pretty frequently, what kind of practice do I do? Well, I'm ornery and I have had no real direction in life other than the opposite of the way that everybody else is going. So when I discovered chaos magic, that was my doorway into the, the realms of the occult, uh, that resonated and it just struck a chord with me and I got really into it. But as I read my first few books on chaos magic, I think like Phil Hines, um, chaos magic, intro to chaos magic, chaos 101, something like that. But um, as I read those, I realized that there was sort of two messages. One was a bunch of content about servitors and egregores and sigils and all of the different um, chaos magic techniques. But the other was saying, do what works for you. Do your own style. 
And so that is the one that I really took uh, to heart. And so at a certain point, I stopped reading those books and I said, I'm just going to do my own style. And I've been pretty much just making shit up uh, <laughs> ever since then. And now I've gotten to a point where I'm like, oh, I should actually go and look at some of the rich uh, magical traditions and uh, find some new inspiration and, you know, center my practice a little bit more in some of the other techniques that other people have found that work. But I call it wizardry because that's the term that I like. And um, I think that words are can weave very complicated webs. And I remember being a young punk and listening to people argue about, you know, what's the difference between uh, Finnish thrash punk and uh, Norwegian crust punk. And it's like, you know, they're just words. You can just continually, you know, define each thing more and more micro. And then the more you have those labels, the more two groups that are pretty similar in almost every way can argue about the one thing that they don't agree on. Um, I've been to so many far left radical activist communities where the green anarchists hate the anarcho greens. And it's like, Oh my God, come on. Like there's so few of us let's team up and, and be bigger than this. So, um, I generally would just say wizardry and I feel like I pull as much from popular psychology and hypnosis and the works of Robert Anton Wilson and all of these other influences as I do um, any sort of actual like occult text. Um, I probably pull more from books that I read off my dad's shelf about uh, consciousness and evolution than I have any actual grounding in. Um, I don't know if I've ever read a book on Wicca in my life. Um, so yeah, do your own style, do what works for you. That's what works for me. Or don't do, do your own style. That's not your own style or somebody else's style. And that can be your style. See, that's where you get into the, uh, the weird loops of wizardry. Hey, this is Andy Rocco. Um, I was wondering, uh, did you ever see the movie wizards, the Ralph Bashke movie? Excellent question, Andy. Yes, I have seen the movie Wizards by Ralph Bakshi, and I don't love it. I, I I always want to like Ralph Bakshi's movies, and then the rotoscoping kind of like creeps me out weirdly, and I just it just never really comes together for me. But I tell you what, I fucking love the poster for the movie Wizards. And Google this, anyone who's never seen it, but it has this like weird, almost kind of like drippy, droopy, um, like hooded rider uh, with like a laser blaster, I think, on this weird um, like ostrich reptile creature. It's, it's, it's very cartoony, but he's like riding on this creature. And I always, always loved that image. It was one of those ones that like, like the Silence of the Lambs cover with the, uh, the skull moth that like jumped out from the video store shelves uh, as a kid. And I always loved that image. And when I turned 24, I wanted to get a tattoo for the first time. And I was very like, what is my tattoo going to be? Who am I? Very 24 year old. Uh, What represents who I am? And finally I was like, Oh, I'll just get a tattoo of a wizard. And I was not planning on becoming a wizard at this point. This was very early, but I was like, Definitely getting a tattoo of a wizard. It's going to say, I believe in you, your magic is real. 
and I'm going to base it off that wizard's poster. And so I showed the tattoo artist that poster and a bunch of other references, and she drew it. I was like, this is amazing. And so I've had that tattoo since I was 24. And then when I was 27, I was moving, I was about to move from Texas to New York. And I celebrated a birthday and I had all of my friends draw a picture of my tattoo for my birthday. And I got like 23 of them, something like that. Um, Ranging, you know, people varied widely in their artistic ability, but it was very sweet that everyone did that. And I used that um, as like a symbol of friend energy to power a magic ritual to get me to New York and set me up for success in this very daunting new city that I was about to land in. And it was actually several years later when I finally made the connection where I was like, oh, I did the wizard image ritual, moved to New York, ended up becoming a wizard. Funny how that all works. Um, So that's the long way of saying, yes, I've seen the movie Wizards and I'd recommend everyone look at the poster and watch it if you, you know, if you feel like it. Hi, this is Lilith and I have a question for the wizard. Do you think that indicos, sativas, or hybrids are better for magic? Or is it really just that different types of weed make better types of magic? Inquiring minds want to know. Stay safe. Love the podcast. Ooh, Lilith. Ooh, this is a good question. Indica, sativa, hybrid. I'm going to have to tell you, I've got a controversial opinion here. I don't. I don't really believe in that kind of stuff. I mean, like, I know that there is a, a, like, yeah, there is like a botany and there are these different strains, but I've never found it to be that consistent. And I really wonder how much it is expectation. I've, I've had weeds that someone told me was a sativa and they make me super giddy and energetic. And I've had indicas that I felt like were going to put me to sleep. Quick editor note, I totally just fucked that up. And I meant to say indica when I said sativa. And I meant to say sativa when I said indica. Oops. And I've even had single batches of weed. Like it's it's one thing of pot that I bought. And sometimes I'll smoke it and I'll get super awkward and shut up. And then other times I smoke it and I'm just like laughing and having the most creative ideas. So Ultimately, for me, I think set and setting is probably the big thing. And I'll tell you one other thing that I think is bullshit, and that's weed names. And I think weed names are bullshit because I used to sell weed when I was in my early 20s. And there was many times that for no other reason than I thought it was funny, I would buy it from my dealer. And then I'd be like, that name's stupid. I'm going to call this um, Bubblegum Crunch. And I'm going to, I made that up myself and then I would watch customers come over and I'd say we have this bubblegum crunch and they go oh yo my cousin got some of that at a festival that shit's bomb yeah I'm getting that and no matter what dumb thing I called it I'd always watch somebody tell me the story of how they've had it before so I don't believe in weed names I vaguely believe in um you know, what? what is it? It's not strain, but it's the, um, I don't know. Are they even different species? I don't know. I think set and setting matters the most, but um, there is definitely something that's very suggestive about, you know, a package that says, expect this, like, you know, smoke this and you will feel sleepy. And you're like, oh, I do feel sleepy. You're like, smoke this and you're going to want to have a lot of energy. And you're like, I guess I do. So I don't know. I would love, I would love if someone did a double blind study on weed packaging and, um, 
you know, I, I bet like even just the color of the package makes you have a different expectation. So that's my take. But, um, you know, do what thou wilt. Smoke what you wanna. Devin, what's up? Kenrick calling in. Have you ever had a spell backfire? Or have you ever heard of magic going awry? Just general wizardry question. Thanks, brother. I hope you have a great one. Have I ever had a spell backfire? Well, let me tell you a little tale. The year was 2016, and I was getting ready to release my first book, Mysteries of the Deep. I decided that I was going to do a Kickstarter spell, and instead of trying to raise a real amount of money on Kickstarter, I was going to raise $420. And if we raised that money successfully, that meant the spell had worked and we had moved to World B, this new reality in which I was a wizard and we'd gone on this forked path into this brave new world. And if we didn't raise $420, then we we're stuck in World A, the crappy, stupid world where I didn't become an awesome wizard. So I promoted this on social media. I got donations from my friends and I successfully passed the the, the 420 uh, goal pretty much instantly and we were on the way to world b so hoorah world b here we come brand new timeline yeah we're taking the fork in the road everybody woo let's go again this is 2016 so that was the spring uh come november uh i, I forget what the day is but like november 7th or whenever uh the day after voting I woke up and found out that Trump was now president. And that evening when I called my parents to complain about Trump being president, found out that my mom had terminal cancer. So as we marched uh, deeper into this timeline, I was definitely plagued by, oh, good Lord, what's going on in World A right now? Did I, did I take us on a bad turn? And I've ultimately let go of that. I don't think that's a helpful attitude. I don't think any of us as magical people um, should feel like the weight of the entire world rests on us successfully doing um, the little spells that we're doing. Um, I think that there is a sort of momentum to the world that we're not able to change um, all that much or there's just branching timelines and someone's got to be on this one. Someone's got to be in this wackadoo reality. And that's ultimately uh, kind of how I phrased it for myself of I did the ritual to become a wizard. I've altered my timeline. And uh, if I'm going to be a wizard, I'm going to have to be a wizard in a reality where I face personal challenges. And also the world deals with insanity because look at where we are now. So, yeah, you're welcome. Welcome to World B, everybody. <laughs> I guess I did it. Uh, I, I hope you're having fun. Hello, Devin. I have a question for you. Why is it that the aesthetic of a wizard with the pointy hat and big beard is so much like the aesthetic of a gnome? Of a, you know, gnome, the little person. Oh, sorry. I know you are also a person. I don't mean to offend, but you know what I mean. Little person, gnome. Uh, beard and pointy hat, wizard, beard and pointy hat. Why? Why both have that? Thank you for attending to my 
questions. It's these ones keeps me up at night. Ooh, ooh, you. I, I don't know who you are, friend, but I like your accent and I like your question. Um, so why do wizards and gnomes look similar? Well, there's a complicated history that is pretty murky about uh, the gnome's pointed cap, the Phrygian cap, and that comes from a region in Turkey. And then there's actually a deity named Priapus, who I think was a regional deity that got worked into Roman mythologies. But Priapus, if you've ever heard of Priapism, Priapism is a an erection that won't go away. It's like a you know, like medical problem, like you have to go to the hospital. It's like extremely bad for you to have a, a boner that lasts more than four hours. And so Priapus is where we get that from. And so Priapus is this god that wears a Phrygian cap and has a huge honk and dong, just like huge, big old boner all the time. And people started putting statues of Priapus in their garden because he was obviously uh, connected to fertility. And so there's some idea that the gnome is uh, eventually like a descendant of these garden statues of Priapus. The garden gnome uh, kind of gets merged with Paracelsus's idea of gnome as an earth elemental. So you, you have this one like hermetic alchemical idea of the gnome that I don't think is very much like the one that we see, um, but is, is more just like a, a raw spirit of nature. And then you have the garden gnomes, which um, became popular... I think it was in Germany or Bavaria or whatever. There was there was an area that they were popular, and then somebody imported them to England in the eighteen like late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds, around then, and then they exploded in popularity and became this like phenomenon. And that's um, really where the style gets nailed down. From instead of it just being little people, um, you have the conical hat. Um, I've you know, someone call in and let me know because I'm I, I've I've Googled this before and I've never gotten a definitive answer. Uh, but the I think the image of the wizard with the long beard is just connected to the idea of the elder, the the wise person. So the long beard um, ties in with that. And then you had characters like John D, who had these robes that had various alchemical and astrological symbols all over them, and. Um, there was something I'm I'm not a historian, folks. I'm just a I'm just a humble country wizard. But uh there's something about like the conical hat was in style at one point, like the courts of of the different royal families that were constantly having different fashion, and that's where you get the crazy hairdos, uh the powdered wigs, all of that kind of stuff. There was some point where these conical hats were very much in fashion, and then they became out of fashion and then it was the uh the like clueless country people that were still wearing them it was like last year's fashion and you're you're, you're so behind the times uh acid wash jeans in iowa or whatever like you're just not with the you're 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 stuck behind and so i think that there was this idea of kind of ridiculing that's like the dunce cap idea of like ridiculing people with these tall hats i don't know I ultimately don't know. This is a long, rambly non-answer, but um, I love gnomes and I do a lot of magic related to them because I, I think that there's, beyond just the aesthetic look, there's a very similar attitude 
between gnomes and wizards as I conceive of them, where they're both very jovial and very playful. And um, a lot of a lot of the modern gnome stuff comes from a Dutch book called um, The Secret of Gnomes or The, the Life of Gnomes. I'm, I should have looked up my sources before I sat down to record. But um, that book then led to the cartoon David the Gnome. And so there's a certain point in culture where you get a reference point that becomes very vital and everything after that copies it. So I think Gandalf had like a floppy brim hat and that had a point, but it was, you know, more of this wide brim hat. And then every other wizard after Gandalf is referencing that. And then the dunce cap thing kind of comes in. And then the gnomes look like the, the fantasy wizard image. And it all sort of blends together, which just is to say, uh, I fucking love gnomes, man. <laughs> I think I think gnomes are the best. And I think that we can all learn from the gnomes to uh, realize that you just got to you got to laugh. You just got to have a good time. You got to appreciate, uh, you know, the natural world and drinking beer out of an acorn. Like, that's that's just the, the life that I want to lead, baby. Hi, uh, this is Lunchbox, and I was wondering if it's possible to grow a wizard beard from your upper lip. Thanks, and have a great day. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Yada, yada. Have a good one. Hey, Lunchbox. Good to hear from you. Uh, yes, you can totally grow a wizard beard from your upper lip. That would be called a wizard mustache. And I think um, as we continue to redefine what wizardry means in the 21st century, I think we should have wizards without beards. We should have gnomes without beards. We should have wizards with mustaches. We should have lady wizards with sick beautiful long luxurious wizard mustaches like let's just let's just get it all popping just go for it so yeah wizard mustache all the way i've got one it's just connected to my wizard beard hey Devin, this is natalie i have a question for you um and the question is where do you feel most at home um thanks for answering i'm a huge fan oh thank you natalie what a lovely question where do I feel most at home? Well, home is where the gnome is, because I have a gnome that travels with me wherever I go. Uh, so that's the short answer. But um, I moved a lot as a kid, um, not like in a military family sort of way, but I just moved multiple times. And as an adult, I think um, like all of us, you know, just have bounced around from different apartments. And so uh, home is always for me, more of an abstraction than a physical reality. Uh, home is a place where I can lay down and listen to music. Uh, when I was uh, a hobo in the Pacific Northwest and would just bounce around from city to city, whenever I would stop in and my friend would be like, I'm going to be at my girlfriend's, just hang out at my place tonight. And I could lay in his bed and listen to side one of Neil Young's After the Gold Rush on repeat. That's when I would feel at home. And so I've felt that um, lying underneath trees when I'm nowhere near a building. Um, I've also been in houses where I felt like I couldn't do that and it didn't feel like home to me, even though I was paying rent. So, yeah, anywhere that I can, uh, you know, have a gnome on my altar and uh, stretch out and listen to music, that's home for me. Wow, folks. So much fun. 
Thank you everyone who called in for this first ever installment of the Wizard Hotline. Uh, you can bet your sweet, sweet cheeks we're going to be doing this again. So if you've got a question for the Wizard, give me a call at 860-415-6009. We will work magic on your behalf. I will answer your question. Uh, just give us a call. 860-415-6009. And if you did not have a pen earlier and you want to participate in our group ritual, it's not just me, everybody. It's all of us together in this ritual of reaching out to Rosie. Rosie's contact info is rosy.roseman at gmail.com and 678-431-2222. If you want to just give a call, say hey. Um, you know, this is a weird time. We're all we're all dealing with uncertainty, as the uh, corporate ads want to remind us. But I think we have an opportunity to redefine um, some of our social structures and to really put our values forward. So um, the more that we can come together and find the positive ways to interact through these digital means, which aren't going away, but can be very harmful when not um, approached with intentionality. Uh, I think is vital. And I think this is a really great opportunity to do that. So thank you all for calling in. This has made my day more magical. I hope it's made your day more magical. And um, yeah, if anyone wants to send me a wizard hotline theme song, person is awake at gmail.com. Send that to me. I will use it for sure. All right, everybody. Beautiful dreams. <laughs>